Hello, and welcome to Health Hacks with Dr. Laura, a mini episode of the Well Women podcast coming to you bi-weekly in order to help you hack your life. Hello, and welcome to Health Hacks with Dr. Laura. I am your host, Dr. Laura. Today, I wanted to talk all about constipation. Um, I want to talk about acute and chronic and what you should do about it. Um, I'm going to preface this again, like any other talk that I'm giving treatment interventions and supplements, you need to speak with your medical provider, whether that is your naturopathic doctor or not, whenever you are planning to take any sort of supplement or do any sort of intervention, especially if you have allergies or if you are on medications, just because it's natural does not make it safe. So you need to make sure that you are talking to someone. These are treatments that I know in my experience that have been effective, um, but that doesn't mean that it's for everyone. And that's the beauty really of individualized medicine. So first of all, I really want to start with talking about understanding constipation. And so some people might laugh and that sounds obvious if you're you're constipated if you don't poop and quite frankly some people don't actually realize how often they're supposed to poop versus how often they actually do so i want to start with talking about what constipation actually looks like um so you should be having one bowel movement every single day that's the bottom line if you aren't having a bowel movement every single day then you are constipated but there are other kind of caveats and other criteria that don't involve just having a bowel movement every single day. So I'll give you some examples. First of all, every, sing every time you're going, you could be going every single day. You could be going multiple times a day. But are you feeling fully evacuated after you go? Meaning after you have a bowel movement, are you kind of like, mm, I could still kind of go a bit? Or do you feel like it was a complete emptied bowel movement? Because if you are going multiple times throughout the day and you say, well, I'm not constipated, but I don't feel like I'm fully evacuated, then yes, you are actually constipated because you aren't actually getting rid of everything that needs to get out. And that could be the reason why you're going little bits frequently throughout the day because you are so constipated on the flip side that your body's just kind of pushing things out one by one. So again, your bowel movement should be fully evacuated and it also should be easy to pass. So if you are going every single day and it is hard balls or like rabbit turds, then you are constipated. If it is a hard stool, if it's hard to pass, if it's giving you hemorrhoids, if you're wiping blood at the end of your stool or you're seeing blood in your stool, then that can be an indication that you're constipated. And so on that note, if you are seeing blood in your stool, you do need to have further evaluations because that can be an indication of constipation, but it can also be an indication of something more serious. So it is worthwhile to look into if you are seeing blood in your stool. Other things to look for in your stool can be mucus and undigested food. I am always asking my patients when they come to see me, do you have blood, mucus, or undigested food in your stool? And everyone kind of looks at me like, well, I don't want to look at my stool. Well, now you will. Understanding how everything comes out is a really good indication of how things are being processed. So if you can understand what your stool looks like on the outside, you can kind of get an idea of what your body's doing on the inside. So again, fully evacuated, easy to pass, no blood, no mucus, no undigested food. And so 
I'm going to look at this from two points of view. The first point is in acute constipation. So if you're one of these people that, nope, I have a good bowel movement every single day. I am regular. I feel evacuated. It is not hard. It is smooth. I have no blood mucus or undigested food. This part is for you. So this is acute constipation. This is when we might have eaten something crappy or we're really stressed and we feel like we just haven't gone or we haven't, um, we've done something different in our life that's caused us that we have this constipation. So it's kind of like, how do we get rid of it acutely? There are some things that I recommend for those kind of 911 situations. Um, first of all, I usually start with the least invasive going to the most invasive so that, again, if we can get the therapeutic effect of doing something gentle and, and small, then that's better than obviously intervening a little bit more intensely. So I like to start with number one, castor oil packs. And if you have not heard me speak about castor oil packs, I have videos all over my Instagram and my Facebook talking about how to do them. I give handouts to my patients. Castor oil packs are one of my favorite interventions because they are cheap, because they are easy to do, and because they are effective. So I find that not only are they non-invasive, but they're really, really easy to do, really applicable to a lot of things. So in short, what you're going to do, you basically take the castor oil, and now you're not consuming it internally, you're putting it on your hand, you're rubbing it on your abdomen, basically underneath where your rib cage is, all the way to the top of your pubic bone. Now, the times where you're not going to do this, you're not going to do it while you're on your period. You're not going to do it when you're pregnant. When you're constipated, this is a really great way to get things moving. So you're basically going to give yourself an abdominal massage and you're going to picture going from the upper right quadrant. So that's where your liver is. And you're going to move in a circular, small circular motion all the way across the top of the abdomen. And then you're going to kind of move all the way down the left side. And now <clears throat> that's where your stool comes out is down the bottom left side. You're going to kind of do that and then come back around, sweep back around and do the whole thing again. And you can really do this before bed. You can throw some heat on it. Um, you can just make sure you're wearing an old t-shirt or something that you don't care about staining because castor oil tends to stain. Um, but you can honestly do this while you're watching TV. You can do this when you go to bed, throw on an old t-shirt and go to sleep. It, it'll be absorbed by the morning. So castor oil packs are one of those things that are a good um, intervention for acute constipation. And you can add heat, you can do, you can kind of do it however you like. So that's kind of my first tip. My second tip is warm water with lemon. It does the trick. Um, just honestly, in the morning, starting your day with warm water and lemon, adding in a slice of ginger or adding in a bag of ginger tea, adding in a bag of dandelion root tea can be effective too. Dandelion root has a little bit of that laxative effect without being too stimulating. So it can be good. Um, dandelion can be good in supporting the liver as well. So that is kind of a good quick fix to do that. And while we're on the topic of water, making sure we're drinking enough water. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that when I go into chronic causes of constipation but while we're in acute warm water and lemon tends to do the trick for a lot of people especially starting your day with that um, can really get the bowels moving right in the morning if you need a coffee to go to the bathroom you are constipated if without a coffee you will not go then you're becoming too caffeine dependent and there might be something else underlying um, caffeine has a way of stimulating the bowels and that's okay if you go when you have a coffee, but if you don't go unless you have a coffee, then there's a problem there. Next thing, um, again on the on the beverage train, I really like if you've heard me speak before about traditional medicinals teas. I have no affiliation with them. I just really like them. Um, I really like their smooth move tea. 
I like to keep it on hand so that in a state where you've eaten too much of a Christmas dinner or whatever the case may be, you have this tea on hand that you know can help reduce bloating and keep things moving. It does have senna in it. So you're going to want to not use this for a daily fix. And again, I'm going to go into chronic causes for constipation. And if you're doing this all the time, then you have chronic constipation. If you're using this in acute circumstances, um, then that's okay. But I would advise, highly advise against using Senna often because you can actually develop a little bit of a dependency to it. If you are pregnant, you want to stay from, stay away from that 100%. And actually on that note, if you're pregnant, do not take any of these considerations um, except for maybe the warm water with lemon is good in pregnancy. Maybe a ginger tea would be good. But always, always check with your doctor, especially if you're pregnant. Don't just take uh, supplement advice unless it's your healthcare provider. So uh, smooth move tea is great. You kind of just throw a bag in. It's based with licorice and senna and a whole bunch of great things. And then on a little bit of a gentler note, when we're looking at tea, like I mentioned, dandelion root tea, I mentioned ginger tea. Those are all good things as well. And then getting into the more invasive one. So the supplement root, I love magnesium citrate. So when we look at magnesium, there are different forms of magnesium. So we could look at a magnesium citrate or a magnesium bisglycinate. Those are the most common forms. And if you are a patient of mine, you've probably tried one type of these magnesiums. Magnesium bisglycinate is the form that's more expensive and it is the form that's best absorbed into the muscles. So I'm going to recommend this one in cases of pain, headaches, period problems, hormonal concerns, kind of the list goes on and on. But it's more of a muscle, um, smooth muscle type of picture for magnesium bisglycinate, whereas magnesium citrate is actually the cheaper form of magnesium. But if you're targeting the bowels, that's the one you go with because what it does is it causes this osmotic effect in the bowels and it really pulls water into the intestine. So it creates... Um, it, it makes you go to the bathroom. And now you have to be careful because the side effect is going to be diarrhea if you take too much. So I always tell people, dose it up really slowly. I always start with a low dose. So if you can find a low dose capsule, go from there and kind of work your way up. But don't take too much at once. It is not an immediate laxative. So if you take it and you don't go in an hour, don't take more um, or else you will have a problem in the morning. So just take one, go to bed and then wait till the morning. And if the next day you still haven't gone, you can dose up accordingly. And again, make making sure you're talking to your doctor when you're doing anything like that. And then the last thing, digestive enzymes I find to be really effective. I honestly don't find benefit with every single kind of digestive enzyme. And it could be the types of foods that you're eating or the amount, but I find that you need to get one that has hydrochloric acid in it. And now the times you wouldn't want to have hydrochloric acid is if you have an ulcer or if you have gastritis, if you have H. pylori, um, if you are suffering from heartburn, you may or may not want hydrochloric acid. So that would be something that you'd need to double check. But I like to use one when all of those things have been ruled out and considered. Uh, digestive enzyme can be really effective in moving things through, breaking things down. And so those are my quick, easy, acute ways to get rid of constipation for those occasional sufferers. Um, worst case scenario, you can use something over the counter. However, I wouldn't recommend it. Those tend to be a lot more aggressive than they, um, than they put themselves out to be. But, um, when you need to, you need to, and that's kind of a, a once in a while thing, but let's really get down to the causes of chronic constipation because really 
getting to the root cause is what we need to do in order to stop this from happening. Things can happen once in a while, but once they're happening on a day-to-day, so if you're noticing again any of the symptoms I mentioned at the beginning, you are not fully evacuated, you're having like pebbles for poops, or you're going every third day, or you're always bloated and you never feel like things are complete, then yeah, you have constipation. And so the number one thing I look at and and the easiest thing to correct is your water intake. A lot of people don't realize that you need to be drinking water, but also all of the caffeinated beverages and alcohol that you're drinking really depletes that water and dehydrates you. So you need to really balance your water intake with how much coffee you're drinking, how much you're exercising and everything like that. In the winter, it's a lot harder to drink cold water. I understand because nobody wants to drink cold water when they're freezing cold, but I find that adding in maybe that lemon water, any kind of herbal tea that doesn't have caffeine does count as water. I don't like to count juice because it's not good for you and there's sugar and other colors and crap. So I just say, keep it simple, add fruit to your water, warm up your water, have herbal tea. You can have sparkling water, but anything to keep up your hydration. And then anytime you're having a coffee or anything for that matter that has caffeine in it, you're actually reducing the amount of water. So say you have one coffee, one cup of coffee, and you drink one cup of water, you're back at zero and you start again with your water because that coffee has kind of taken away the effect of the water, the hydrating effect. Reason number two is looking at food sensitivities. So there's a couple ways I like to look at food sensitivities in my practice. I like to look at it from a standpoint of we can start by removing the most um, common food sensitivities, the gluten, the dairy, maybe corn, maybe soy, depending on what their diet already looks like. We really kind of evaluate it, break it down and say, okay, what can we be avoiding? What's realistic for you to avoid? And let's see if you feel better. Sometimes I find the problem is, is, there's a little bit of gut inflammation going on from whatever that case may be, whether it's diet, poor diet, whether it's stress, whether it's foods, um, specific foods or anything else. I find that once you take away some of those inflammatory factors and you heal the gut a bit, you actually can bring it back and not have such a reaction. I find with my patients when we take away, let's say dairy and they feel better and we work on everything else a little bit more and then we bring back dairy, it's not as bad of a of an instigator in terms of causing those symptoms. So I don't think it's a matter of removing foods forever per se. Um, In certain situations, it's really appropriate to bring them back, but it's really good to investigate food sensitivities, whether you're going to do an elimination diet with your naturopathic doctor, whether you're going to do a trial removal of certain foods and go from there, whether you're just going to try to clean up the diet, um, less processed foods, less packaged foods, less refined sugars, more whole foods, more um, sources of fiber, more sources of hydration in terms of fruits and vegetables and things like that. Maybe you just need to clean up the diet as opposed to removing certain types of foods or certain um, food categories. So that's that. And then you can do a food sensitivity test, which I have some of my patients that love it because it really gives them a true guideline of foods they can consume, red, yellow, green, and they kind of stick by that. And especially my my patients who suffer from digestive disorders like Crohn's or ulcerative colitis who have these autoimmune triggers and they have foods that truly do trigger their autoimmune disease, it's a really good blueprint to keep on hand for eating out or eating at home and really just keeping on track. And then on that note, ruling out other gut disorders. So constipation can just be constipation. It can be poor poor diet, lack of water, that sort of thing. 
But we also need to look for a, a deeper root cause. Is there an autoimmune process going on? Is there Crohn's? Is there colitis? Do we need to do more investigations? Do we need to send you for a colonoscopy? A lot of times I'm referring back to my patient's medical doctor to get those investigations done so we can make sure we start from a place of knowing exactly what we've ruled out and what we still have to investigate further. So again, looking for blood, mucus, undigested food, looking for other symptoms. Do you have abdominal pain? Are you bloated? Do you have a history of hemorrhoids? Do you have a low immune function? Um, How are your hormones? There's a, a whole picture to kind of put together. Do you suffer from headaches? That sort of thing. The other thing that a lot of my patients don't notice or realize, and this is constipation, but it also is diarrhea, um, looking at stress and anxiety as a factor in your digestive health is huge. Um, A lot of people don't realize that your nervous system is in the gut. So everything that happens in our nervous system is going to impact the gut. When we look at our parasympathetic nervous system, this is our rest and digest. If we are always stressed and we're in that fight or flight, we are not in that rest and digest. And that is our parasympathetic. And that is the way we literally digest. So when we have our our sympathetic nervous system on high alert, we're not worried about digesting. So we could be constipated. We could have diarrhea. And for those of you who write tests or you're in school or you were a student, you probably know all too well um, before an exam, getting diarrhea or getting a nervous stomach or before something big, feeling butterflies in your stomach. And that is a very real thing because we do, again, have a nervous system in our stomach. So Addressing mental health concerns, addressing stress, I find to be one of the biggest pillars of digestive support. And then looking at adding in fiber. So I really like a soluble fiber um, to start because some insoluble fibers can cause further bloating and constipation. So I like to mitigate that at first, get the bowels moving, and then add a blend of both in. And then last but not least, making sure that there's nothing else going on. So for example, thyroid concerns can present with a lot of other symptoms, but one of them can be constipation. So making sure that we're doing a full analysis of the digestive system and understanding that the gut is really the root to a lot of things. So if you aren't pooping every day, if you have bloating, if you have diarrhea, if you have heartburn, um, abdominal pain, and all these sorts of things you're not processing your hormones properly. We're not um, focusing on our, our mental health as much as our mental health impacts our gut. Our gut also impacts our mental health. So these are a lot of things that we need to be looking at and rolling out when we're really looking at getting to the root cause and, and creating a full case picture with the digestive system. So if you guys have any questions, you know where to reach me. Thanks for listening. This has been another episode of Health Hacks with Dr. Laura, a mini episode of the Well Women podcast. Stay tuned for full episodes of the Well Women podcast released every other Monday. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks.